guys, you're listening to Cut for Time, a podcast of Faith Church Indy. I'm Claire Kingsley, and I'm here with Pastor Jeff this morning. Good morning, everyone. We are in our series on Philippians, and on Sunday, Jeff taught on Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. If you have not had a chance to listen to his sermon yet, pause this podcast, scroll down in your podcast feed, and select The Difference Jesus Makes. Uh, from Jeff's sermon on Sunday, or scroll up, however you organize your podcasts. And the video and the corresponding sermon questions are also up on our website for you. Jeff, on Sunday you preached, the difference Jesus makes in our lives. Because of our claim to follow Jesus, he makes a difference in how we deal with the small things, like someone sitting in our regular seat at church, and the big things. So could you just take a moment to tease this out for us? Yeah, uh, so at the end of chapter 1, almost towards the end, Paul made this statement, uh, live a life worthy, live in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. And so we talked about that previously, that that doesn't mean we earn it or deserve it. It means let your life reflect the worth of Jesus. Let let how what Jesus has done show up in how you live. And Paul's kind of continuing that thought. So now he's addressing some issues. There's nothing huge or terrible going on in the church, but you know, always the potential for conflict and division. And uh, so he's saying, in light of what Jesus has done for you and who he is for you, here's how you ought to live. It, and it, the order of that is so important because he's not saying, stop doing those bad things. He's saying, because you have encouragement and sympathy and love and connection with Christ, here's how that ought to show up in your relationships. Here's the difference that knowing Jesus makes when you see somebody sitting in your seat in the worship center when you come in in the morning. It it changes the way that we think about that experience and that person. And and so, for example, in that case, you know, a a thing like that, I think Paul's saying, if you have any fellowship in the Spirit, any participation, in other words, if, if you've been blessed because God has brought you into relationship with Him, out of that, you want others to experience the, the blessing that you have known in Christ. So it's different from a command that's mm-hmm. just saying, you know, be nice to other people and be thoughtful. He's saying, you know what it is to have been an outsider and God to reach out and draw you in. So live that out for others in the way that you have received it. That's the difference Jesus makes. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thanks for your message on Sunday. Wow, that was, that was fun. Um, so, Jeff, what's one thing that you needed to leave out on Sunday because you were cut for time? Well, uh, we talked a little bit about, uh, you know, some of the why we in the world are broken in the way that we are. We were made to have identity and significance in our relationship with God and with each other and with his purposes in the world. And all of that has gotten messed up in our rebellion from him. And there's this um, great quote from C.S. Lewis about friendship. Uh, He says, friendship is born at the moment when one person says to another, what? You too? I thought I was the only one. And it's just a reminder of how even something as good and right as friendship can get corrupted because of our sin, because of the brokenness of everyone and everything around us, right? Like we're, we're made for relationship. We've said before in a lot of different ways that the nature of reality is relational because God is a relationship in himself of Father, Son, and Spirit. We're made in his image to know him, to know others. 
and to relate to the rest of the world out of that relationship. But all of that has gotten messed up. And, and now we just, I think all of us in different ways, live with this deep loneliness and disconnectedness. And even something as good as friendship, which we're made for, can become ugly and sinful and selfish if it's not empowered by God's love and directed by his wisdom. Like, like a lot of teenagers, you know, I was lonely in high school. I wanted friends and, you know, I wasn't uh, that socially connected. And so having friends meant great. Now I'm not on the outside anymore. And, and now my friends become the way that I have connection and identity. And then that can very easily become the friendship is the way that we exclude other people. Right. Or even if it's not that, uh, the excluding part of like looking down on people, there's friendship can, relationship can kind of turn in on itself and just become about us and no one else, right? Like I've got this great relationship with someone and I don't want anyone else messing that up. Mm -hmm. And we can do that sometimes unintentionally in the church. Like, oh, my, my community group is great. We, we don't have any open seats because we love what we've got here for each other and we don't want anyone else to come in and, you know, maybe mess that up or I've got my friend's circle and that's all I need and sorry that there's no room for you. Uh, mm -hmm. So again, going back to what Paul says about if, if you've had any sharing and experience of God's relationship, God's community through the Spirit, that motivates us to put others' interests ahead of our own. Uh, so I, I didn't have time to really tease that out as much as I would like. I, I, I love that Lewis quote, and I, and I yeah. wanted to just that bring out that point of even something as good as friendship and love and connection and community gets messed up. We mess it up because we make it about ourselves, and, and then it either becomes a way of excluding or condemning others who aren't on the inside and God is appealing to us through the love the sympathy the connection that we've received in Christ to look not only to our own interests but to the interests of others sure so Jeff um, as I'm hearing you talk I'm just thinking about you have you wear many hats right your father your pastor your husband your brother um, tell me with the perspective you have of you know, sharing how you felt maybe in high school, how probably a lot of us felt. And now the perspective of having, like, parenting children through high school, having one in high school, what would you say to other parents, people who are listening to this podcast, what would they say to, how do, how do you explain this to their children? Hmm. Uh, boy, that's a good one. Um, you know, for a lot of us, I mean, the, the part that Lewis is bringing out is, I mean, there's just stuff in us that relates more naturally to other people. So we're not going to expect that our kids are going to be friends with everyone we want them to be friends with, right? And, and yet there is still that element of, even if I don't expect my kids are going to, you know, be friend to every, with everyone, we can be friends to everyone or towards everyone, if that makes sense. Like there's, there's a motivation in the gospel that we have an opportunity as parents, as you know, spouses, siblings, whatever, to reflect God's reaching out to us, His loving us, His seeing, you know, good and um, loveliness in us that maybe is hard to see, that mm -hmm. helps us do the same for others. 
so it's there's something so profoundly beautiful and gospel-centered about going out of our way to look for you know an example in school look for the kids who are on the outside Mm -hmm. look for the kids who are sitting on the fringe maybe they're eating lunch alone and to say I think Jesus would probably look for a way to connect with that person and help that person know I see you I care about you again it doesn't mean you're going to be best friends or anything but that people could experience that kind of love and embrace and welcome that we've received from Christ. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. So, Jeff, what is one joke, illustration, or personal story you wish you could have included on Sunday? Oh, man, I am... Uh, uh, we talked about being well, socially awkward in high school, and uh, I was not athletic. Like like most boys, I wanted to be, and I my excuse is I was just growing all the time. So I, my, I knew what I wanted my body to do, and it wouldn't do it. So I was not athletic. I was academic. That was my arena of sort of standing out and having an identity. And, uh, you know, if you're, if you're good in sports, you can go to state in athletic competitions. <laughs> I went to state in music and academic competitions. Yes. And, you know, at the time, you're like, oh, that's cool. And then looking back, you're like, oh, my gosh, what 16-year-old is impressed with, you know, a kid who goes to state academic competitions? Do you have medals? I do. I do, actually. Yes, my mom saved them. Yeah. Um, My dad uh, taught, uh, until recently, taught at Northwestern University for years and years. And he bought me this really nice, you know, Northwestern University T-shirt. And I can't remember at this point if it was him or me, but one of us took it to a t-shirt shop and paid money to have them imprint the letters, you know, the little iron-on transfer letters sure. uh, that said, intellectually superior. I wore that shirt in public. What? And there's... Oh, it's so uncomfortable. I, I know. It's just <laughs> so cringy. And there's actually a picture of me wearing this shirt. I remember it. And my mom, for some reason, God bless her soul, kept this picture. Like, Mom, why? Oh, my gosh. Can you find it and we can post it? I have not spent a lot of effort to recover that photo. (laughs) It's bad. Oh, man. So that's a perfect example of, you know, kind of what Paul's talking about. Here's, okay, something good in you that God has, has given you that sure. suddenly becomes, you know, something about pride and exclusion. And, well, I'm not an athletic, but look at how academic I am. And I'm, you know, I'm better and above you. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's the vain ambition and uh, the rivalry that Paul is talking about there that he says Jesus comes in and helps us have an identity and a security that just, you know, all that. Yeah. You just laugh at it. Right. Yeah. Wow. Oh my God. That's a great story. (laughs) I wish everyone could have seen my face when Jeff said what was written on the back of his shirt. My jaw dropped. I didn't know what to say. Uh, Yeah. That's so, that's so funny. That's an honest reaction. (laughs) How long do you think you wore this shirt? Oh, I know I wore it in high school. Um, yeah, I mean, I was probably like 16 years old mm-hmm. wearing this shirt, yeah. right? Yeah, like, that's great. Uh, I know. <laughs> so this shirt, along with your ribbons and your pennies, are they all somewhere in the same place? They're just far, hidden far away. And hopefully they have all ended up in a dumpster somewhere. I, I don't know. Um, 
and in a couple of chapters, we get to talk about uh, whatever is to my credit, I now consider loss for the sake of knowing Christ and following him. And I can say amen to that. Mm, thanks, Jeff. Well, that's all we've got time for today on our podcast episode of Cut for Time. If you enjoyed the podcast, take a few seconds to leave us a review. The more reviews that we get, it makes the podcast more visible to others searching for our content and our church. Jeff, um, it's possibly your least favorite time of the podcast. It's time for your tagline. Well, not a great tagline exactly, but a final thought from C.S. Lewis on uh, friendship again. Don't waste time wondering whether you love your neighbor. Act as if you did. And Jesus gives us the ability to do that. Show love as we've been loved. Don't worry about whether or not you love your neighbor. Just go out and love them. That's a great way to end. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Claire.